newspaper was like, Santa Claus isn't real. Well, like, you know, magazines, not magazines, newspapers have like little cute sections. That's cute? Yeah. That's yeah. what we qualify as a cute section? Yes. Lying I feel to like children? It- Santa's very much a real thing. Hi everyone, I'm Saffron. I'm Nico. And I'm Alex. And this is Silas Propaganda. And today on Silas Propaganda, it's a very special day. Mm-hmm. A very special day for a special boy named <laughs> Nico. <laughs> what day is it, Nico? Today is my name day. Boom, give me a Dab. Did you say dab? I seem unenthused, Alex. I have no clue what a name day is. Ah, let me enlighten you. Oh, please do. To the best of my abilities. Because I should have looked into this a little more. Long ago. Yes, actually, yes, long ago. So, in. But not too long ago. Greek. mm, 18 years ago. mm, Oh, you're only 18? I'm only 18, according (laughs) to Alex. Okay, so, uh, in Greek Orthodox religion, uh, they have their own calendar. Mm -hmm. So, in their calendar, they've marked a day, I think. I don't know if there's one for every day of the year, but they've marked days um, called name days. And what it is, is it's a holiday dedicated to the saint that you're named after. So I'm named after what we call St. Nicholas or Ios Nikolaos, um, which was the blueprint. Very topical blueprint for a man you would later know as Santa Claus. (gasps) Yes. No. But, yes. Oh, my God. But he was the patron saint of sailors. Um, so they would build churches and do prayers towards him if they were going out to travel. I believe the story is, the, like, biblical story is he uh, resurrected a sailor who had died on a journey, on a voyage. I don't remember that in the Bible This will be a all. fun, strange yeah. journey to chart where one begins and where we end at Coca-Cola Santa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm building it as we speak. Yes, yes. But what you do on a person's name day is that, um, at least on the island where my dad was raised, you go around. It's basically like an open door invitation. So you go around to each house of someone who's named after that saint on that day. And you go and you wish him a happy name day and you hang out for a bit and you like eat a little and then you just like leave and you go somewhere else. And it's like a full day pretty much. So you're just allowed to walk into people's houses unless explicitly stated yes okay but it's not like you can do this every day yeah that's that's fair is it just because it's saint nicholas's name day for today is yes okay when it is saint george's name day it's a different date yeah so you go out to all the georges you know and you wish them a happy name day happy name day george and then the big one is uh maria's day which is august 13th i think is that anyone named after mary yeah mary mary the virgin mary queen of scots that would like suck if your name was like jessica because then you wouldn't get a name day Uh aha oh we have a day for everyone who doesn't have a name oh that's Uh, sweet what's that date I think it's in September. I don't remember, but it's like a day dedicated to the rest that don't have a specific patron saint. Is there a St. Alexander? Probably. Yes, most cool. likely. I can look <laughs> up your guys' name day. Yours would probably be the everyone's day. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm named after a food. <laughs> you know what? I bet if I argued it well enough, I could get you into like a patron saint of food holiday. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Do it. Argue with your family for me. Take that, Yaya. <laughs> 
you leave my yaya alone. She wished me a happy name day. She sent me a video and everything. My whole family did. Oh, that's so sweet. He's really cute. I know. I like bald. It was the first thing I woke up oh. to. I was like, <laughs> it's like the first, it's the first holiday of the holiday season. Gotcha. With my parents living in another country. Mm. So get ready, folks. Monica's going to be a blast. <laughs> so what normally happens on a name day? Do you just like go to people's houses and be like, congratulations on your name? I... It's kind of tricky. I imagine if I were in Greece, okay, during the day, maybe I would have to stay at home to receive mm. the happy name days. Mm-hmm. Nice, as everyone did the like rotations. <gasps> what if it was a work day? Would you just stay home? Um, uh, I'm basing this off of again the island my dad was raised on. That's fair. The it's very small. There's like two cities basically, and. I'm making it sound way bigger than it is. They're very small cities, Um, but everyone knows each other. So if I were at work, they know where I work and Mm. they would just show up and say happy name day. We're very flexible over there. Do other like people named after St. Nicholas not, they don't get to go and like wish you a happy name day or you don't get to go wish them a happy name day. Cause you have a cousin who's also named St. Nicholas. Right? Yeah. Are you not allowed to like wish other people? I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. I, that's within my, but you'd have to stay home. That's true. That's why I'm trying to think, I guess it's up for grabs. You can do either. I would probably stay home, <laughs> but I'd like to think that I'd like to think that all the ones named after St. Nicholas are staying at home. And then at night we all meet up. And have like a <laughs> yeah. like you go to like a club yeah like Nicholas's club yeah big Nico Rager so I that's in my dream world that is what would be taking place I like that yeah and I hope that at least one person dresses up as the saint that they're named after we have to find like priest robes which I think would be sacrilegious so maybe probably not. just a bit just a little bit of sacrilege a little bit of blaspheme well it's so funny in Athens before we continue in Athens when you're going up and down the the like shopping district slash districts. Um, there's always like stores for like priests and like, they're like super fancy robes and everything in the window. And like, as a kid, I remember like, I want to wear that one day. And then I found out like, no, <laughs> no, I don't. But it's, and they have like, they have like the orb with the cross on it. Oh. Like a lot, some of it feels very like kitschy decorative uh-huh. that you would just put in your, your priest house. Yeah. Um, but the rest, like, the, they're, like, velvet and, like, gold embroidery. So, it's all very nice looking. Wow. I, I, I kind of want to go robe shopping. I know. So, these were, like, actually for sale? These weren't, like, in a museum? No, they were They were in a store that caters to um, the religious. The cloth? Yes. Was it called the cloth? No. They should have called it. It could have been. I couldn't read Greek at that age. What other names for like religious stores can you imagine? Something that's sort of like hot topic y? Um like the cloth. Clergy's RS. The swinging pendulum. No, the censor. The censor. You know the censor? <laughs> the robes of Damocles. The Ooh. robes of Damocles. Yeah. The swinging censor. There we yeah. go hat robe and beyond like the devil doesn't wear these robes <laughs> this is not a story this is just a movie okay but it, i mean it's fashion it's, you know you it, the priest wears prada it's also in the priest wears prada saint nicholas's secret i i feel like that there's already a market for that yeah a I, big silver fox looking like white guy kind of in lingerie like red lingerie. I feel like there's a market for that. And if we were to, um, 
I feel like you could only be named after Nicholas to get into that shop. It's very exclusive. It's very VIP. Ooh. They, like, yeah. check your ID. Yeah. What do they do with people who, like, try and get in but don't? Is it, like, Disneyland where they send them to, like, the underground prison? That, they what? reverse baptize them. Uh. They, take, <laughs> they take it away. <laughs> you get just water so yeah. gets sucked off of you. They say, no, no more for you. Speaking of shopping... Oh, is that Paul Blart I see? Because that was a segue. Oh, I like that. I don't get it. Okay, well, you see... (laughs) There's this movie. (laughs) He's a mall cop. And he's a segue? Yes. Wow, that's cool. He is a segue. Like Robocop. Mm -hmm. So you were saying something about shopping? Yes, shopping. It is the most wonderful time of the year, as we're in December right now. And one of the most things that happens with the most wonderful time of the year is... Christmas shopping. I mean, yeah. I guess. You have to. You really do. At yeah. this point in time. I feel a lot do you of not looks... like? Do you like Christmas shopping? I like going out to shop with people because mm-hmm. I like being with people. Mm-hmm. I don't like online shopping. Honestly, the invention of the internet is the greatest thing that's ever happened because I literally did all of my Christmas shopping this year from my bed and i do that every year not just because there's a pandemic but because i hate people really mm-hmm. how many years would you say um i don't know probably since i was like a teenager since al gore created the internet so there was never there was <laughs> i would still like in like when i was like a teenager or when i was like um yeah like when i when i was younger when like into high school i would still go to the mall with like my mom and stuff because she doesn't online shop Oh, she didn't. She does now. But so I would still go with her and I would like if I saw something, I'd get it. But like, no, like, I'd rather just sit on my bed and like, oh, this is what I want. Where can I buy it? So in the years where it was solely you Christmas shopping for everyone. All online. All online. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you so and you're mostly in store? Yeah. I mean, I. What about this year? I. I mean, I would go online to shop. Alex has not done his Christmas shopping you this still year. still haven't done anything? No. Alex. I'm a horrible person. You're going to have to order it online, and then it's going to get all mucked up in the in the online warehouses. It's literally going to come after Christmas now. Yeah, you're going to order everything online, and then it's going to get here at weird times. Mm-hmm. Okay. All my shopping's done. You need to get on it. I don't do a lot of this stuff usually because i've been too broke to actually afford gifts for people right that's fair or you know i would just get very small things for some people for like a christmas party or stuff like that Mm. um and then my family would do like a white elephant gift exchange every year so it'd just be like buy one gift that i can just go to a store and pick up something so you would do a white elephant because your family like just you your mom and your or you, your mom, your dad, and your brother, or no, like our greater family. Okay, my family, because my family's huge, so we would always do like a a white elephant, and we'd also play a game where we had this giant like cellophane ball, and we'd put um, little things in it, so like a shot of tequila or like um, gift card to Starbucks for five dollars, uh-huh. or so things like that. Yeah. Yes, Alex. You mean like a like a little bottle of not just like a loose shot glass no like a little shot bottle of tequila okay i was for some reason i was expecting like it was like a little shot glass with like and we you know, just li- pray that when you open the cellophane ball it doesn't fall out oh no it, f- it fell into the child's mouth <laughs> no but so we do that and we, you'd wrap it in like a huge ball of cellophane and then like you roll dice 
Um, and when you roll doubles, like the play passes, so you have to unwrap the cellophane really quickly and get whatever falls out. Do you know what this game is called? Um, cellophane ball game. Yeah. Okay. Because oh my, my family does something similar. Oh, really? I want to say it started with my aunt doing it. And then with her family, and then she kind of brought it over to us. So I mm-hmm. thought it was just part of her family tradition, but I didn't realize it extended outward like that. It's no, like an actual game. I think my dad's family plays it now, too, if I'm remembering correctly. It's fun. I mean, we can try it. I've literally never heard of this until today. Oh, right it's now. really fun. And what one of the rules is you're not supposed to tear the cellophane. You have to find like the the edge, the edge, and, and start, unwrap it. And it right, gets right, right. it gets really tense. Like. <sighs> You'll just be like, you'll be like rolling double, you'll be rolling, rolling, and then you'll see, you'll like kind of wait and see if someone's starting to tear it away, and then you want to like aggressively roll, so you can try and get the doubles and then steal their their tear. But there's like little gifts in, like there's one usually big gift in the center, which is either yeah. money or something like, sort of like that. We usually that. put like money or a gift card. Yeah. And then everything else is like, I know one year we had like, you know those little Lego like one character things right mm-hmm. we had some of those we had lotto tickets um every now and then there's maybe a dollar bill um candies and stuff like that actually got some really good champagne like candies that were in there like gummies like yeah. champagne gummies mm-hmm. i loved those it was really good because they're so delicious my favorite thing though is my sister doesn't drink right and there's always like some form of um like alcohol there's a lot of alcohol in our cellophane balls i'm just gonna tell you like my family drinks and but my sister doesn't and so every time she gets like the she gets the like little shots i always trade her for like something that i got like i'll be yeah. like here's a dollar <laughs> give, give me that shot like, nice so by the end of it, you just don't even know. Oh, I am lit. Where the cellophane ends and where <laughs> Christmas oh begins. God. I don't know. That's cute. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I've only done White Elephant once in my mm-hmm. entire life. So, and it was with you guys. It was our D and D White Elephant. Oh yeah. 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 Do not disturb White Elephant. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is the first year I've shopped entirely online. Mm-hmm. How um, was the experience? Um, interesting. I kind of just, um, bombard my sister with questions. So I was just all like, what do you want? What does your son want? What would your daughter want? The daughter doesn't count. She's very tiny and I get her what I am going to probably be getting her for the rest of her life, which is outfits. (laughs) (laughs) She's at that age where she can still be a doll. I just love this idea of fooling everyone that she's a sweet little girl. I love it. Then she just breaks free from her mother's grasp and then just wails on someone oh cuts her own hair yeah breaks an ornament at thanksgiving that i forgot to mention oh yeah she literally just dropped it and then she looked around and she waited for our reaction power move to see if it was funny or not power because she put her hands up to her mouth like a oopsie type thing and then she saw we didn't like it and she started to cry she knew exactly what she was doing oh my god when you get gifts for people um do you ask them or do you try and like surprise them um at this point i mostly just ask them i ask for a list because do you check it twice yes i yes i do and the reason is because when i was a child the way we would do christmas is that me and my sister made a christmas list of things we wanted and we just handed them to my grandfather okay and he would just go and buy them was your grandfather santa no he was not 
he we were not sending a letter to Santa Claus. We were making a Christmas list and literally just handing it to. But I remember one year I was sitting in his store and he just handed me like a notepad and a pencil. I was like, write what you want. And I was all like, oh shit, Aww. okay. Well, I would just, I would, it was a numbers game for me. I would just put down as much things as I could think <laughs> of and whatever showed up, showed up. But what he would do, from what I was told, is that he used to go to Target uh-huh. and he would go and he would hand the list to someone and then he would allegedly slip them like a 20 and be like, find all these things for me. Like one of the employees? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he would just, he didn't really want to do all the fussy work because he was working constantly. Uh-huh. So he would just go up to a person and be like, can you do this for me? And then again, allegedly slip them cold hard cash. Okay. But when, uh, when was this? Like, g- give me an era. How much was $20 actually worth back then? Um, early two thousands. Okay. So like $22. <laughs> yeah. $22 nowadays. Cause that's when I was a child. So yeah, late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Yeah, he was very, um, he's very no-nonsense. But that's how it, like, that's how it evolved into me just being like, just tell me what you want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to guess and get it wrong. That mortifies me. I'm the exact same way. Like, I'd rather you just tell me specifically, like, this is what I want for Christmas. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Where did that idea come from? Like, trying to surprise people? I don't know, but I'm a terrible gift giver. I, yeah, me too. I stuck at it. I don't need to, yeah, I don't want to play a guessing game. Unless, it, unless it's like, oh, I know what you want because you told me about this throughout the year mm-hmm. i'm gonna probably just say hey what do you want i'll see if i can get that you know within within reason i'm opening a new credit card for you the least you could do is tell me what you want for the holidays <laughs> speaking of christmas shopping okay so i am not a paul blart myself i understand <laughs> that but what i'm trying to segue into is that the three of us have compiled a christmas movie list based off of Christmas movies on the top of our head because uh-huh. we did not research. Nope. And so this is not an ultimate Christmas movie list. Just want to make that clear. It's just a list of Christmas movies. Yeah. That and we enjoy or remember being Christmas movies. And what did we watch this week? This week we watched Christmas at the Cranks, Jack Frost, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and Polar Express. <laughs> oh, did we watch the Polar Express? <laughs> And how did we feel about these movies? Um, I think Jack Frost is an Academy Award worthy, um, has an Academy Award worthy script. Um, it's got a lot of heart to it that we don't remember. I feel like going into this movie, we were like, he's a bad dad. And he only does one really bad thing. Well, I think that's just, I think that's just a reverberation of our memories as a kid watching this movie. Yeah, I honestly didn't, the only movie that I had like, Un- um, remembered any of was Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Like the rest of them, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember watching this when I was a child, but I have no idea, like, any, like, I couldn't remember anything. I remember it. the horrifying um, uh, animation uh, of Jack Frost. But he was a puppet, an animatronic. Well, not all right. the time. Not all the time, but I Partially. mean, not when he was snowboarding on the sled and being cut in half. What we found out, though, was apparently George Clooney was originally supposed to play jack frost Mm. and the puppeteers designed him with george clooney's image in mind and then they recasted him with michael keaton who i thought was bruce willis (laughs) why did you think it was bruce willis we just have a lot of male actors in rotation for this i don't know why i just i for some reason in my head it was bruce willis i think because they maybe sort of sounded alike but then there was this weird uncanny valley thing which we'll get back to later 
of you noticed it too when I talked about the George Clooney thing, how he ended up sounding more like George Clooney. Oh, Michael Keaton did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's just because that's how men sound. Or if he was actually trying to do a likeness of the Clooney. I didn't hear it at all. Really? No. But then again, if I, I have no idea what George Clooney sounds like. That's fair. I can't, I don't no know. one does. No one's ever heard George Clooney's real voice. I don't imagine you'd watch a lot of George Clooney films. I can't remember the last George Clooney film I saw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I... Technically, Jack Frost. Technically. <laughs> You saw his likeness. Yeah, you saw the likeness of George with this demon puppet thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a it's a fun. It starts off. It's like three different movies. Yeah, at the beginning, there's this big epic snowball fight. Right. That looked like there was a war zone, and that could have been in a movie of itself. Oh, it was fantastic! I would have loved that. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was a lot of fun. And then it's about a dad who is trying to start his band and his music career is about to take off and he's kind of not really there for his family but it seems like they have an understanding he's absent a lot and you know he loves his family but and they want him to pursue his dream yeah well the mom does the son would rather he go to his hockey game yeah the son just wants his dad there which he does as a uh, snowman yeah well you know what I mean, I'm not defending the guy. I don't like him. No, it's, it's just this weird concept that he... Then after he gets, like, his big break, he's coming back home because he doesn't want to go to this concert, and he ends up dying. No, he doesn't want to go. He wants to go to a party to sign the big deal, and then he changes his mind because he's like, I'd rather be with my family and his manager, I guess you'd call him? I think he was the keyboardist. The t- Drummer. No, it was a different person. Yeah. His friend, who was also in the His band. His friend, who was a part of the band, was all like, oh yeah, that's okay, go see your family, like, they'll remember us Yeah. next time. And then everyone in the band was like, yeah, we don't want to do this, it's Christmas Eve. And they're like, oh yeah, let's go. So it's not like, from what we remember of him being a bad, like, terrible father, and mm. then his snowman is him learning his lesson. I think it's just more wish fulfillment for the kid that he just wanted to spend one more Christmas with his father. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I personally give it four out of ten snowmen that look like George Clooney, but are voiced by Michael Keaton. Is that how we're rating Christmas movies? Snowmen uh, that look like George Clooney, but are voiced by Michael Keaton? Well, we could do each individual movie with a different... I No, they should all be rated in, on that scale. Next movie we watched was Christmas with the Cranks. Okay, Christmas with the Cranks was a really big mood in a lot of ways. Yes. Also, a lot of problem areas. Really felt like we could have rewritten that ending there. Yeah, it's this movie that I understand where they're coming from because they don't want to celebrate Christmas because they don't have to. And Tim then, Allen doesn't want to celebrate Christmas at all. Mm-hmm. I am not... Because of money. I'm not defending Tim Allen or Tim Allen's character, but I totally get it. Like, if you don't want to celebrate Christmas, don't fucking celebrate Christmas. Who here hasn't imagine that just one christmas you're just on a cruise getting sloshed i would very much like to be on a cruise one christmas or i guess not a cruise i would like to be i don't know at a resort i kind of want to do christmas in vegas one year and not having to celebrate the holidays with the that's what i think that movie was about was like the 
preconceived notions of how you celebrate Christmas. Being forced to celebrate Christmas due to your uh, awful HOA. Oh yeah, my god, right? I know. Which stands for Homeowners Association if you don't have that wherever you're at. I found out my aunt's in an HOA and I'm like just, she's I'm a, floored. She's a member? Yeah, she's a member of the HOA and I'm like, why? We had an HOA in our house when we had a house down south in mm. San Diego County. We the HOA group, they were awful. We never, it wasn't like Christmas with the cranks where you physically saw them. They just sent a bunch of letters. <gasps> where, like, that's like worse. you have to change this and you have to change that. And like your front yard is ugly. You need to keep it manicured. And like, it was, it was awful. It was like a constant battle with an entity that you did not wish to interact with. Look, I'm a millennial. So the concept of owning property is such like a, a wild fantasy to me. Yeah. But if at some point I ever did own a house and a bunch of people I don't know, just try to tell me how to make my house look, mm-hmm. I would be furious. Yes. Like, that's so, <laughs> that's such a weird concept. They're telling you how to run your hundreds of thousands of mm-hmm. dollar investment. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, thank you, Karen. I don't feel like people see it that way, though. I feel like they're part of this group in their community. And that's what's so frustrating about Christmas with the Cranks is because they're taking away from the community. Well, it's, it's stupid. Didn't you feel like they secretly know they're doing this like grasp of power move on you the cranks no the, no, the, the HOA. HOA. oh yeah definitely it was like it was a weird cult it was like a hyper realized version of an hoa and they're all cult members led by dan Aykroyd. literally yeah and it was it was just it was it was weird and it made it worse and then tim allen's character's reactions to everything also equally made it worse. as bad yep because he was so defiant that it was just annoying. Mm-hmm. And it was all because his daughter moved away. Essentially. I don't think Tim Allen's character cared that his daughter moved away very much. I, like, I think he was like, oh, it's sad. Blair's not going to be here, whatever. But like... Was it an excuse? It was an excuse. He yeah. just didn't want to do all the pomp and circumstance that comes with Christmas. I think Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays his wife, her character was closer to because Blair's away. Yeah, absolutely. In the Peace Corps, right? Yes. Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. I um, thought it was college when I was starting the movie. I was like, oh yeah, it's the Peace Corps. But I think, because she was on, she got on board with the cruise. Yeah. She just wanted a little bit of holiday mm-hmm. magic that he refused to give her. Mm-hmm. And then it just escalated. And then, like all movies, it had to be resolved by them all coming together in some weird way. Counterpoint. If we're going to go in a deep analysis of Tim Allen's character in Christmas of the Cranks, Uh subconsciously speaking, maybe he was upset that Blair left. Well, that's supposed to be the main thing that you recognize, is that they're doing this because they miss their daughter. I am sure that Tim Allen's character missed his daughter like i'm i'm sure of it i think he used that as an excuse to not have to do christmas i think jamie lee curtis's character did miss her daughter so much that she just didn't want to do christmas because it wouldn't have christmas magic because blair wouldn't be there which is why she was so ready to just drop the cruise idea when blair was like spoilers i'm coming home and then they turn around and they have to make christmas happen Mm -hmm. Which is where the rewrites should have begun. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that Jamie Lee Curtis's character, we really should have learned their names. Um, Nora and... Lionel Crank. 
What's his name? Nora and Mr. Crank. Yeah, um, <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Crank. Crank. Uh, Luther. Luther and Nora Crank. Yes. Okay. Really didn't think that would be his name. It's Luther. Okay, so I like the idea that Luther Crank in the beginning convinces Nora to go on the cruise, and then it flips, and Nora convinces Luther to put Christmas back on. However, I think it should have gone horribly wrong. Christmas? No, them trying to get the Christmas party going, because they... They're, Blair's coming home, mm. and she's excited to show her new boyfriend, slash fiance. It was yes. very intense. Um, the Christmas Eve party that the cranks always throw. Mm. So I really think it should have been Nora and Luther trying to get the Christmas Eve party back on track, maybe without the neighborhood help. And then it kind of fails miserably. And then the neighborhood pitches in. I mean, they kind no, of went like that. I don't that. want, I don't want, I don't want. You don't want to see those neighbors? I don't want to see the neighbor. I don't want to see this like random moment of like, well, we've been horrible to you the whole movie. We're going to help because it's Christmas. Well, because you're doing what we want you to do. Exactly. The reason was he's a whore. I think they say it. I'm paraphrasing. He's a horrible man and he's treated us all like garbage for us trying to pressure him into setting up Christmas. But this is about Blair coming home. They called him selfish. Which he was being, but he had every right to be selfish. Well, he starts off by giving out notes at his office saying, we're not celebrating Christmas this year and we'll have no mention of Christmas. Very no, dramatic. No, it, no, it's no, epic. no. It's not an email. He just keeps sending it out to people like he's so full of himself. The note said that he and his wife would not celebrate Christmas because Blair wasn't there and they did. They were just not doing Christmas and they could say Merry Christmas to him and they could do whatever Christmas stuff they wanted. He wasn't just, he just wasn't going to say it back. He wasn't going to be involved. Well, I have the note right here. No. I mean, uh, can we can we just commend the pageantry of I'm not going to email. I'm going to print it out and by hand flourish them with this letter of I reject the notion. It was a Tamalan bit. Anyway, I just don't want to see the reconciliation because it doesn't feel authentic. (laughs) This sounds so... This sounds so No, no, we're doing a deep dive into Christmas with the Cranks. This is NPR, and you're listening to 2004 Film Review. This is just a superfluous relationship that these two groups are trying to be forced into by the writers, and I just don't believe it. Maybe it's more of a meta-commentary about how we're forced into a relationship with Christmas. Yeah, I I went to acting school. (laughs) I can talk about this. Anyway. Frosty represents the hidden id and ego behind all of Tim Allen's character's motivations and when he crushes it he realizes that he's been a selfish asshole okay i have a question did you guys ever see or have a giant frosty the snowman on your roof no i grew up in an apartment okay so that's a maybe (laughs) did you ever check the roof of your apartment Uh, you know what i never did okay did you no literally never saw it in my life i i feel like it was more of like a midwestern type tradition thing who knows they're horrible cult-like hoa they have their own traditions i feel like it's what they're trying to do to like to you know ritually bring back their god which is frosty and they needed every house to do it Mm -hmm. that would be much more interesting and the burglar guy was trying to break in to stop it all from happening because oh yeah there's like one extra bit yeah there was the burglar the burglar that comes to the christmas eve party it didn't need to be there what are you talking that was mickey's once upon a christmas no no there is a burglar in there too but in christmas with the cranks the little kid oh 
Oh, that Dewey lets out of yes. the car. That's the, right. Dewey lets him out of the cop car because, and he goes and he tries to steal, but he's the stopped. cops bring Blair and her fiance from the airport. We're talking a lot more about this movie than I thought we would. Cheech or Chong, it's, which this still really bothers it's me. It's Cheech Marin. It's Cheech. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know which one's which. They white face him in this movie. They absolutely do. Um, but Cheech leaves him in the car with the window down in the dead of winter to die. That guy would have froze to death in, like, two hours. We're not supposed to think about that. This is supposed to be a fun, gag-filled movie We're... about not celebrating Christmas and how funny that is. Because <laughs> Then why include that? Why arrest the guy and then do the whole... I mean, I... Oh, my gosh. I wasn't in the writer's room. I don't know what the conversation was. You know what we really need is a last-minute Hail Mary to make this some other funny bits. Let's give the Dewey kid some more bits that he can do. Okay, I believe that. You know? But the ending should have been that the Christmas party goes terribly. And, like, Blair's there. And they're like, look, we're sorry. We actually wanted to do this this Christmas because you were gone. And we were going to miss you. And then Tim Allen could have actually said, I miss my daughter, which I don't think he said. No, not once. No, he wasn't given any catharsis except for yeah. giving the gift of his cruise to the elderly couple. Mm. And Blair would have been like, I understand. And then the four of them go on the cruise and they can bring the old couple. I don't care. That's that's the problem with this movie. <laughs> the main problem. The only problem. The only problem. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of comedy operates under the assumption that if people just talk, then there's no conflict and you need conflict. So if they had just called each other and when what happened in real life, everything would have been resolved. But since that wasn't this isn't real life, it's a hyper realized version of real life. That's not going to happen. But it's just so frustrating because it's not like those things were ever thought or brought up. And like if you thought about, oh, yeah, she's we can call her. And then it's like, no, we can't call her. We can't tell her. You know, it could have created more comedy that way. I don't know. I'm not a film analysis expert, especially with Christmas of the Cranks. She called them really last minute. Like, there wasn't a lot of time to talk about it. She was like, I'm on my way home. I'm in America. And she was gone for like a week, wasn't she? She left just after Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the busiest travel day of the season. Oh, uh, this is. Is that a real thing? That was the or quote they... from okay. the movie. <laughs> so you don't know. I have no idea. It's the only factual part of the movie. Right. Okay. Uh, what an interesting film. And then a n- n- nice change of pace. We watched Mickey's, Mickey's Once, Once Upon a Christmas, Christmas, which is a series of vignettes uh, narrated by Fraser. It is so cute. It was really cute. I love Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas so much. I just love Goofy and Max, like, so much. Like, Goofy Movie, Goof Troop, um, Extremely Goofy Movie. Doesn't matter. I love their story, and I always want to hear it. They have a like, nice you know dynamic. I mean? It's I so much better than the absolute dumpster fire that is Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. I hate that movie so much, mainly for the animation. Okay. Um, so, in Once Upon a Christmas, um, they had a state, like three vignettes. It was uh, Groundhog's Day, except it was Christmas. Um, uh-huh. with, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Donald Duck, and other people from the original DuckTales. Scrooge McDuck was there, Daisy Duck was there, an aunt whose name I can't remember. Fanny? Sure. Yes, she, looks fan- like fanny fanny. <laughs> she looks like a fanny. She looks like a fanny. What can I tell you? Looks like a fanny to me. <laughs> Looks like a fanny. Sounds like a fanny. Must be a fanny. Toot toot. Oh, and Chip and Dale made a guest appearance too. They did. Yes. As like their pets? No. They, they were just th- hanging out. They were their neighbors. Oh, just friends. Okay. But weren't they living in their house? No, they lived in the tree next, next to their to house. house. 
So on their property. I guess. Maybe they're renters? Oh, yeah. It was like a separate attachment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, They don't have HOA laws. (laughs) Well, you can see, if you look carefully, you can see Tim Allen in the background. I'm just saying, I would love to see Donald Duck fight the HOA. (laughs) Come on, DuckTales. We know you can do it. Oh, my gosh. That'd be a great episode. (laughs) Thank you. I can't do it. That was good. Thanks. I'm not going to try. Don't look at me. (laughs) I want to hear it. But yeah, they wish for Christmas all day. Every day was Christmas and they get their wish. And then they decide to destroy Christmas because they're bored with Christmas every day. And then they feel bad. Mm -hmm. They resolved. Mm -hmm. Mm. It was sweet. It was. And then the second one was Max and Goofy. Yes. Goofy and Max. Yeah. So Max is upset. Ugly Pete. Crazy Pete. Crazy. No, that it was Pete because Pete's Goofy's neighbor. But Crazy Pete is in the third one. The Gift of the Magi. They're two different people? No, 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 no. It was still the same character, but his lot was called Crazy Pete. But that was in Gift of the Magi, not whatever this was supposed to be. Um, the the goofy one, not the second one. Yeah, it was like uh, trying to justify the existence of Santa Claus. Um, yeah, it was basically like Max was starting to doubt Santa because uh-huh. Pete told him Santa didn't exist because Pete's shit. Um... Yeah, out of the blue, like yeah. almost unprovoked, it seemed like. He literally is just like, hey, kid, Santa's not real. Merry Christmas. Like, who does that? Crazy Pete. No, just Pete. Just Pete. And then Goofy tries to make Santa Claus appear by mm-hmm. dressing up as Santa and to entertain him. But then Max finds out, so he gets more disillusion. And then there's a time issue. Then there's a burglar. Then, that's my favorite line, I think. In any Christmas movie we watched so so far, Santa Santa's real. He shows up, and he gives Max um, his like super cool snowboard that he wants. And Max goes, "Oh, Dad, Santa forgot your gift." And Goofy just goes, "No, he didn't. I ask for the same thing every year, and I always get it." And Max is like, "What's that?" And Goofy just goes, "Your happiness." Well, he goes, "Your happiness." Way to ruin a moment. As expected. You're welcome. <laughs> That is very sweet. It's my favorite line, I think, in any of the Christmas movies we've watched so far. It felt really Christmassy compared mm-hmm. to the other movies, I'd say. Speaking of not believing in Christmas. <laughs> okay. Our last movie of this little of this week's little uh, tourney, I guess. It, yeah, I it felt like a tourney. It felt like a competition. Ran the gauntlet. Like. Yeah, it felt like I was just... <laughs> there, was, there was highs, there was lows, and there was some really, really lows. You know the, um, you know the, the, uh, the dilemma that they mm-hmm. always say of the people on the train tracks, and you have to pick which direction the train goes? Oh, yeah, the trolley uh, the problem. The trolley problem. Yeah, the trolley problem. So that's, the train. What, that's what the Polar Express felt like, except it was just one track and I'm on it. <laughs> and the Polar Express is continuously running me over. As Backing I up again. Oh, no, it's yeah. just a loop. It's just yeah. an endless loop. Like the roller coaster at California Adventure. It's just constantly <laughs> looping and uh, I'm getting run Would over. you say a polar coaster? Yes. <gasps> yes. Yes, I would, Alex. It was a polar coaster of emotions. 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 It was a polar coaster of emotions. Um, it was just that Tom Hanks played everybody. He played five roles. He five played roles. everyone in that movie. The characters didn't had names except for one kid named Billy. Billy. And did, it, did Billy represent anything? I'm still I, confused. No, but he represented everything. He <laughs> That's was, all that makes sense about this movie. This movie so much. It's, it was such it a just bad movie. Doesn't make any sense. There's no reason. It's like. 
you have these doubts about Santa being real. And it opens up with him, like, looking into, like, a scrapbook that he compiled of, like, Santa Claus isn't real and stuff like that. And he's like... No, no, no. They were, like... He was, like, tracking not believing in Santa. He had, like, newspaper clippings. Yeah. They referenced the Norman Rockwell... um, I painting believe it's a painting yeah of like the kid who is holding santa's hat and beer yeah, yeah. and he's like mortified oh so okay. it's very obvious that this theme of the story is not believing in santa and then but they coming santa claus yeah it's i don't it's it's weird like he doesn't believe tom hanks who's a time lord apparently is like the father the son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit of Christmas. Oh, oh, I think this movie is making sense now. <laughs> Given some time to reflect on it. Um, because then the train comes. and The Polar he, Express, in case you were wondering. The titular Polar was. Express. It, it comes a chugging along. And then, then it's like, hey, are you going to come on board? And the kid's like, I have no clue what's going on. Much like the audience. There's just a train that's appearing. Mm. And the the conductor doesn't offer any explanation. He's like, you're either getting on or you don't. Also, the train changes, like, the number of cars it has on the regular. Like, I didn't count, but it varied from, like, 5 to 20. Well, maybe they just kept losing cars. <laughs> and there was a part where it's driving through ice and then it cracks and then the children aren't drowning, apparently, because the velocity of the train right. going through the ice is pushing the water underneath to the sides and the children survive. Yes. Thank you for that scientific an- analysis of Polar Express. I'm here. Um, <laughs> why would they need more cars? Is there only one car filled with children? Is there, is there, is there a Tom Hanks-esque conductor going through all of the different cabins? I don't. As we saw, know. one cart is dedicated to the consumption of hot chocolate. Or was that the same cart? That was the same they cart. They entered into that oh, cart. Oh, they just brought the waiters in. Yeah. Okay, so one has to be the kitchen. Okay. True. One is where the sad child sits in the back all alone. Yeah, in like the... The shame cart. Yeah, the shame, shame cart. <laughs> which is incidentally the last cart mm. at the very end. There's for sure an engine. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> I thought it ran on miracles Christmas and Christmas magic. Tom Hanks' mustache hairs. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so we have at least three cards. We have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think they were paying that much attention. They were too busy at the realistic, lifelike oh animation that they were hideous. going through, in which it's I hideous. didn't recognize Tom Hanks as the conductor. I, I maybe there was like two shots, and it was like a a, a down shot, like it was looking up at him, mm. and that's when I was all like, "Oh, that could be Tom Hanks." But the rest of the time, I'm like, "Who is this kidnapper?" <laughs> Why yeah, he, he seems like he's a kidnapper, and the children willingly go along. He's sort of a, he's some sort of like um the, the Pied Piper. Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah, it was very creepy. And then if you think about the overarching theme of this movie, which is adult Tom Hanks is trying to get young Tom Hanks to believe in Santa, um, he just kidnapped children for the fuck of it. Yeah, if that was his sole if that was his sole goal is to get his younger version of himself to believe in Santa Claus because he remembers having doubts. It's this endless cycle of him abducting children that, and taking them to the North Pole. That's not canon. That was not presented in the film. That is a fan theory that we read on the internet. What is was that a fan theory that we read on the what internet? What is and isn't canon in it, this freaking canonically? Film? Canonically, Hero Boy. <laughs> 
which is the name of the main character. Pronounced here, boy. Gets on a train and goes to the North Pole and believes in Santa and then goes home. And then he believes in Santa for the rest of his life because he can hear the bell jingle even after everybody else can stop. Um, but yeah, so that that's the story. Everything about Tom Hanks being a time traveler and the hobo being Jesus or whatever. I don't know. No, that's canon. That's in there. They, they say it at the very end. There's an end credit scene where Jesus comes out and says, Tom Hanks, I need you to help. The hobo is also voiced by Tom Hanks and therefore just theorize that the hobo, the conductor, and the young boy are all one and the same. And Santa. And Santa Claus are all one and the same. Yeah. And then there was just random moments where they're, they get to the North Pole, which is like an abandoned, it's not abandoned, it, fully. It, they it, were finishing up their Christmas preparations, their so they shift. were all partying in the town their square. Their shift at the warehouse. Yes. Yeah. And so they were all gathering, they weren't partying, they were all gathering at the town square of the to North Pole. To summon Santa. Yeah, to call forth Mr. Claus, who I'm guessing they don't see the rest of the year, because they were real excited. They were real, they chanted, like, Santa Claus is coming to town, like they were in a freaking cult. Yeah, and like, and the train is driving through these elves just mindlessly going to the center. So they're, they're, mm. they're the workers. Santa Claus is the queen bee. Jeff Bezos. Maybe. <laughs> Santa Claus is the queen bee who probably spends his time before Christmas creating these workers. Okay. I know these are more fan theories, but I there's nothing solid about this movie to I'm ground sorry, you to wait, reality. Pin. We're going to circle rewind. Feels like a very personal Did theory. you just say that Santa creates the elves? Yeah. How? In the same way a queen bee creates its workers? Yeah. So Santa just goes theory. around, like, fucking the elves? No. No, no, no. Serious question. No, he creates the elves. I'm not done with this. He creates the elves and just maybe, like, uh, he lets them, like, you, he just creates them. He finds a way to create them. Maybe it's more of, like, a, he's the queen bee. He has Mrs. Claus that impregnates him. Stop. So, to me... Polar Express read very much like a horror film or a psychological thriller. But you have this older man who is kidnapping a bunch of children and not giving them an explanation why they need to come on the train. There's a point when uh, the main child hero boy is convinced that his friend is about to be murdered and thrown off the train. Um, There's... The whole thing with the lake where they almost drown. There's them crawling through an abandoned city with um, Christmas music, creepy, like old school Christmas music playing in the background. Um, the whole everything with the elves is just insanely creepy and culty. Do you think it would have read less like a horror movie if the animation hadn't been so terrifying to look at? No. No, not really. It's the style. It's the, I would say that, like, is the storyboards. If we're doing shot for shot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like the animation, it still wouldn't have helped because it just felt weird. There was nothing that gave it a sense of cuteness. Cuteness and all of the problems that seemed to happen, I didn't feel like helped shape the characters in any way. They were just problems for the sake of there being problems. Even 2D animation would have been terrifying. If they all looked really cute instead of. Like grotesque people. So, do you think the shot of all the elves chanting for Santa and then the doors opening slightly off screen and his shadow appearing in the doorway 
would be not terrifying. Yeah, and put it in like cute Disney 2D animation. So, um, have them actually sing instead of chant. Okay, but you're changing it. Yeah. True. We're just changing animation here. So if it's Disney animation, the elves would still all look the same because that's how they were. Mm-hmm. So it's a bunch of people that all look exactly alike chanting and then a figure steps forward. I feel like if they had big eyes, it'd be cuter. No, no that would no, be worse. worse. And then they'd look inhuman and they wouldn't necessarily be like elvish creatures. They would just be demon things. Okay, so Polar so, Express is a horror movie no matter what. So what, you wanted them to all look like the paintings from Big Eyes? No, oh my god, no! Yes, I'd watch that. Just just staring up? Well, no. going back to what you said earlier about why they're not on there, I believe that when the conductor takes their ticket, which he didn't take everyone's at the same time when they got on. That's because he doesn't care about everyone. He just cares about younger him. Have, no, no, no. Have you ever been on a train? Genuine yeah. question. Yes. Lots and lots of sure. really big trains. No. It, they don't. Oh, yeah, I have. They don't punch your ticket or take your ticket right away. Yeah, you sit there on the train. You sit there, and then the conductor goes through. And he's like, "Tickets, please," and he takes your ticket. And he looks at it and goes, "Thank you, ticket, please." Yes, okay. But they don't punch it right when they get on the train. Okay, the boy gets on the pl- the train, the automobile, plane. He sits down. Some time passes, and then he goes over and says, "Tickets, please," and then he gets the ticket. The girl who had been on the train before him mm. didn't have her ticket punched and he didn't punch her ticket at that time. He didn't ask for her ticket at that time. <laughs> and then he lost the ticket in a reminiscent of Forrest Gump feather scene that happened where we just got to see the life of this ticket through the snowy wilderness for no reason other than just show how shitty our animation is. <sighs> Trains are fun. Can- Trains are a lot of fun, aren't they? I was held at gunpoint on a train once. Uh, was this a Knott's Berry farm? Maybe. The details are really vague, but I remember there were robbers, and I hid in my mother's arms. Was this real, or was this like a, a bit? I'm not sure. Okay. I just remember that I was on a train, and very scary people appeared with guns, and I don't know if it was real or fake. It sounds like Knott's Berry farm. Do you cool. think... That would have helped the movie a little bit if there were people robbing the train. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think if there was some sign of life outside of this train cart, allegedly, if there was somebody who was all like, oh, hey, there's a train on ice. Driving across a lake. With no tracks. So, the the- so, so okay. Uh-huh. So how did they get to the ice? So the tracks led to the ice, uh-huh. and then... There was like a divot? No. I thought... The, the ice had frozen over the tracks, so there was a track there. But there was a layer of water. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they put the train tracks in a very large pool Yeah, that they were like, nothing bad's going to happen here. Yeah. Maybe it flooded. I don't, I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> There's just so much about this movie. Yeah, yeah they built train tracks on top of a lake. I that uh, that is a thing that Tom Hanks went fuck yeah let's do it. I can't. It, it's it's just it's... this movie really sounds like because you said that the Polar Express book is like ten pages. It's, it's very short. Yeah, it's short. It's short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, you know, it really feels like feels like this was like a a grad student's uh, script mm. that got submitted and approved, or maybe mm-hmm. a couple of grad students. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a school project, like a film school project. 
but they created conflict when there didn't really need to be conflict. You could have done a little bit more per, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just frustrating. The point is I give it zero out of 10. Polar Snow- expresses. Snow- Snowmen that look like George Clooney, but are voiced by Michael Keaton. Yes. And zero also zero polar expresses. We didn't rate the other movies. Okay. Christmas with the Cranks. Is that the first one we did? No. Jack Frost was the first one we did. Well, obviously. we did four. You said four out of four out of 10 snowmen who look like George Clooney, but aren't. Yes. I gave it four out of 10 that I'm going to give Christmas with the Cranks five out of 10. Okay. And I'm going to give Mickey's once upon a Christmas. I'm a guess. I'm guessing it's cumulative. All three of the stories. Yeah. Um, eight, eight out of 10, eight out of 10. Yeah. I give, um, uh, and then Polar Express zero. Zero. So Polar Express gets zero out of ten everything's. Christmas with the Cranks, I'll give four SMTL LGC BAVBMKs. Um <laughs> Oh my god. You did it. Mm-hmm. You crazy. Snowman that looked like it. George Clooney but are voiced by Michael Keaton. And then Mickey's one's upon a Christmas, ten. Nice. Eleven. Fuck eleven out of ten an additional George Clooney. Okay, so and Alex, what are your ratings? Oh, Polar Express gets like a negative 35. Okay. Um, Christmas with the Cranks, I would give a five snowmen who look like George Clooney, but are voiced by Michael Keaton. Um, Jack Frost, I give six, and times when it was a little bit better, seven, Snowman who look like George Clooney but are voiced by Michael Keaton's. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um that's a that's a solid eight. Maybe nine. Um It's a great movie. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas wins. It's it's a clear winner so far. Yeah. Okay. Oh obviously. So we're gonna mark that as the winner okay. of this week. Of this, of this, this tourney. Week. Yeah, and then we'll, I guess we're going to just do head-to-heads. Oh, I like this. Yeah. And then eventually we'll get to see, at the end of December, who's Who the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Out of our personal Christmas movie list. Does anyone remember some things that are on the list so we can let our listeners know what to maybe expect? Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. A Bad Mom's Christmas, starring... Uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Christine Baranski, Susan Sarandon, Kristen Cheryl Bell. Hines, Kristen Bell, and Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got them all. Boom. Um, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Mm-hmm. Starring... Christina Baranski. You <laughs> The Star Wars Christmas special from 1979? 78. Life Date? 78, I think. Maybe. <laughs> we'll find out when we watch it. If we watch it. Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, the original with Natalie Wood. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. these are contenders. There's yeah. some good movies. There's some bad movies. There's some okay movies. And there's polar coasters of movies. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening. Join us next week when we talk about more Christmas movies or just talk about what we talk about. I'm Saffron. I'm Nico. I'm Alex. Bye.